Welcome in to episode 22 of the PrintFest DFS podcast. My name is Justin Rue, and today's going to be a solo pod of me breaking down the week 16 main slate on DraftKings. Um, my cash line up scored 147.68. The line of cash in most double ups sat around 136. So a, a very nice week, um, you know, win. When about 75% of my head-to-head. So um, I'm going to break down my lineup and, and kind of talk about lineup construction and, and uh, you know, where I got lucky, where I got unlucky, and, and kind of uh, you know, break down the, the theory behind the plays that I made. So starting off at quarterback, um, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes were easily the highest home quarterbacks on this slate. And and honestly, in cash, I was I was considering Jalen Hurts, obviously for his rushing floor um, and the kind of upside that he brings, uh, especially in games where he hits the bonus. So uh, Jalen Hurts and Matt Ryan were the only two quarterbacks I was really considering in cash. And, and maybe that's wrong to to not really consider Mahomes. Um, you know, but Jalen Hurts was the highest owned quarterback on this slate. And at 7K, where we know he's going to be rushing for, you know, at least 50 yards. It just opens up such a nice floor and then gives you such a massive ceiling. If he can back into one of these games where he's throwing for over 300 yards and getting to the three point bonus there. So scoring 24.5 points uh, from my quarterback at seven K um, certainly didn't hurt me. And um, you know, maybe he ran a little bit cold only scoring 17 points here against Dallas and, Dallas has kind of put a whooping on him, beat him by 20. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that Hurts was probably projected for about 25 points in this spot, and, and he pretty much got there. So, uh, happy with the play on Jalen Hurts. Moving over to the running back position, I thought the running back position uh, was kind of weak on a, on this kind of slate, honestly. And, um, yeah, David Montgomery was easily the highest owned running back on the slate, coming in around 71% owned. Uh, in, in most double ups that you find, um, you know, higher six double ups, he was a little higher in there. Um, but in the $25 double up, yeah, he was 71% owned. And I thought he was the best running back play, in, play on the slate. Um, you know, there was no Derrick Henry. There was no Dalvin Cook, Kamara. There's none of these top guys. And so getting a guy like Dave Montgomery, where you know he's going to play 75 plus, plus percent of the snaps, he's a three down plus goal line back. Um, and taking on this Jacksonville defense uh, at 7.7, maybe, yeah, maybe he's you know, priced appropriately, but, you know, in this spot where there's not really a lot else to like at the running back position, I thought that he was just fine. And, you know, he ended up getting there, uh, you know, getting five yards short of the, the three point hundred yard rushing bonus. Maybe he ran a little cold, but he ended up getting 20.1 and being just fine. So Austin Eckler, uh, this, this is something that uh, I, I might have to reconsider my process here. And, and so usually with running backs, uh, we want to have guys that have a nice high uh, target share. And, and Eckler's been getting that. But this week, I mean, he only had three targets in this spot. Um, he had 10 carries. I mean, he split basically half the carries with Kalen Balazs. At 7.6K, uh, really looking for running backs that, 
are going to be three down plus goal line backs. And we know Eckler is not a goal line back. We know that it usually goes to Balazs when they get in close. Um, you know, really, we're just kind of relying on the target floor for Eckler, kind of like an Alvin Kamara role without the goal line. And, you know, when he's going to be playing like 60% of the snaps, um, you know, we, we kind of luck boxed him into, you know, scoring a touchdown. If he doesn't score that touchdown, he puts up like, you know, 10 points and you're just kind of caught holding the bag at 7.6K. So, um, yeah, Eckler is somebody who, you know, unless he's getting in the goal line, it, you know, it, it's it's really tough to play him. So even though I know he, he's in, you know, he's a great talent, but without the goal line role at 7,600, it, it's kind of thin, admittedly. And my third running back position, I end up going with Melvin Gordon. So Melvin Gordon, um, you know, with, with Philip Lindsay out at 5,600, I thought he was a better play point per dollar wise than Daryl Henderson. I thought he was a better play than Le'Veon Bell. Um, and he ended up outscoring both those guys, but still 7.9 points. He ended up having 79 rushing yards and, um, you know, playing. He ended up playing 66% of the snaps. He had no targets. I expected you know, two or three targets at least here in this spot. And, you know, he, he was fine rushing. Just uh, he ended up getting a, a goal line carry on the one taken by Drew Locke. So if he gets that, yeah, he puts up like 14 points and maybe we're not tilting as much, but that's just what it comes down to. Again, in DFS, uh, it comes down to touchdowns at the end of the day. You know, if Dave Montgomery to score his touchdown, he scores 14. You're not happy with that. If Eckler doesn't score his touchdown, he scores 10. You're not happy with that. You know, Melvin Gordon didn't score his. He scores 7.9. I'm not happy with that. You know what I mean? So it's, at the end of the day, you know, it, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, look, DFS comes down to a little bit of touchdown luck. And um, obviously by playing Eckler, you're not giving yourself enough opportunities to, to run into, you know, a two to three touchdown game when he's not getting usage inside the 10. So um, I think that, you know, on this slate, I think that if I were to make a decision again on this slate, um, you know, coming into it, I really should have considered coming off of Eckler and maybe coming down to, um, you know, may, maybe coming down to um, David Johnson, who we knew was going to have a three down plus goal line role with no Duke Johnson and no CJ Procise there. So perhaps a mistake by, by staying on Eckler and, and just hoping for the large target share uh, with Keenan Allen out. Moving on to wide receiver. Um, again, another wide receiver slate where there's just not really a lot to love. So up top, we had Tyreek and Calvin Ridley, but they're up there at 9K and 8,500. I mean, that's kind of expensive on this slate where there wasn't a ton of good value to really be had. Um, yeah, sure. There are these cheap wide receivers like Marvin Hall and Cam Sims and Nicole Hardman, but I just wasn't going to be playing these guys. I, I can't, I can't make myself play these, these min price wide receivers that project for like three or four targets. That's just not, not my game. So I end up going kind of mid range at wide receiver and not paying up for Tyreek or Calvin Ridley. Um, so I end up going with Deontay Johnson 
of course, um, you know, basically every game that Deontay Johnson plays and doesn't get hurt, he gets double-digit targets, and he did just that again today. Um, he is just an absolute target hog. Had another 14 targets, you know, a 28.5% target share. He ended up getting to the box, scoring 21.7 points at 6,300. Certainly nice. Um, you know, I, we talked about him on the Friday night pod where, you know, coming to this game, he's averaging 12.2 targets per game. And at 6,300, it's just a volume thing. And, and he, he was a smash. I played DJ Moore at 5,800. And DJ Moore, um, I talked to my, talked about him as my favorite play on the slate on Friday. Now, he ended up scoring 8.7. And honestly, he ran pretty bad to only score 8.7. He ended up having five receptions for 37 yards, but he had 10 targets. He had a 36% target share. He had 45% of the team air yards. He had 124 air yards, which was like third on this slate. Um, again, another really nice game for him in the opportunity department. Just didn't get there. Um you know, for whatever reason, but he was only 5% owned and and I was ecstatic when I saw that he was only 5%. Um, I thought that the volume was going to be there and it certainly was. Um, At the end of the day, we're, we're chasing volume here and hoping that, that the production follows. So, um, you know, for him to get 10 targets in this spot, I I would play him again. Absolutely. At 5,800, I thought he was just underpriced and I'm I'm not sure why he was only, um, you know, 4.6% owned. So my last play was um, was Michael Gallup, and we we've talked about Michael Gallup for the last couple of years and how good of a talent he is. Of course, there's no Dak, and you know he's stuck with Andy Dalton, and he's probably the third target on this offense behind Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper. But we also know this Philadelphia defense is absolutely atrocious, um, other than Darius Slay, and. Darius Slay, I mean, kind of expect to shadow Cooper a little bit, and he did in the first half, and that opened up Michael Gallup to absolutely shred this this defense. I believe he had all of his production in the first half. He ended up having six for 121 and two, um, and he didn't catch a ball in the second half. Ended up with 33.1 DraftKings points, 7.7% ownership at 4,100. Uh, yeah, that is what basically won me my week. Um, you know, Michael Gallup, he, he had a thousand yards last year. He's really a talented wide receiver and at 4,100, that is just too cheap for Michael Gallup, um, no matter what. And him having eight targets in this spot, 27% target share, 38% of the team's air yards. Um, so really nice volume that he got and 4,100, um, it also gave me a good correlation here with Jalen Hurts stacking with Dallas Goddard, bringing it back with Michael Gallup. Um, so I, I'm really happy with the Michael Gallup play. And obviously the results are just pants off. So at tight end, um, you know, it was basically, we talked about on Friday is basically pay up for Travis Kelsey or just go down to someone, you know, like Goddard or Ertz. And then Donald Parham opened up and Donald Parham was an XFL stud. And of course with Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen out opened up a ton of target share uh, for Donald Parham at 2,500. I thought he was a great play. Um, 
in this particular lineup, I didn't need him. And so I ended up stacking Goddard with Jalen Hurts. Well, the issue is there is Dallas Goddard got hurt and only played about 50% of the snaps. So, you know, he ends up injuring his calf. Um, he had to play in 56% of the snaps, only three targets and a 9% target share. So, I mean, what are you going to do? He got hurt. He ended up going three for 38, 6.8 points. Obviously not good enough for 3,600, but, you know, I, I thought that he was underpriced. And, you know, maybe if he doesn't get hurt here, he, he puts up a, a solid spot. But, alas. And then at defense, I'm always a proponent of punting it off. And when I saw that Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, um, Cordero Hodge, and Donovan Peoples-Jones were all going to be out. So Cleveland, their wide receiver one was going to be Marvin Hall. Um, I thought their offense was just really going to struggle, and they did. And the Jets were mid-price, 2K. Um, they ended up having four sacks, two from wall recoveries, only give up 16 points, nine points um, out of a 2K defense. It's exactly what you want. And I'm perfectly fine punting it off defense every single slate if it opens up. Uh, one or two more guys I can get up to. So overall, um, you know, this was kind of an ugly slate. And, you know, I'm happy with the process outside of uh, outside of Eckler here. Um, you know, really just have to focus on running backs that are getting the three down plus goal line roles. And, you know, and Austin Eckler clearly does not have a goal line role and splits carries about, you know, 60-40 with Kalen Balazs. And then you're really just looking for, you know, eight or so targets a game. And when you have to rely on eight targets a game from your running back, it's we're entering like JD McKissick territory. So um, yeah, have to be careful with, with the workload of Austin Eckler. But other than that, really happy with the process this week, happy with the results. And ended up putting up 147.68 DraftKings points and, and having a really solid week. So with that, that's going to do it for episode 22 of the PrintFest DFS podcast. We'll be back on Friday, breaking down the week 17 main slate on DraftKings. Only one slate left. I think we're going to do something for postseason, uh, the four-game slates. But stay tuned for that. Until then, good luck, everybody.